Okay. All right. So we are going to continue our study in the book of Proverbs called Wisdom for the Home. And today we're looking at Proverbs 31, and we're going to talk about the virtuous woman. Now, the word virtuous there is interesting because this same word virtuous can also be translated a woman of character, uh, a woman of strength. Um, and the concept here is that this is a woman who is of godly, noble, strong character. Um, and, and I think most of us probably know what the term character is referring to. It is the characteristics of our life that make us who we are relevant to what is right. Quite often when I was in Bible college, we would often be told through the difficulties that we faced going through our education that the trying of our faith or difficulties that we were facing build character in our life. Character has also been described as doing what is right because it's right, not because I feel like it. That's character. Well, that's the kind of woman that God is describing here. So let's look at Proverbs 31. Let's start with verse number 1. And we're going to look at several things as we go through the chapter. First of all, the sayings of King Lemuel and Oracle, his mother, taught him. I thought it was interesting when we came to the beginning of the chapter, his mother is actually teaching him this. Now, there are a couple of opinions between Bible teachers as to who King Lemuel is. Well, most Bible teachers believe, as I do, it's referring to Solomon. It is a term, a word, that literally means from God or totally devoted to God. The, the, the name Lemuel, that's what it literally means. Someone totally devoted to God. So here is a king who is totally devoted to God, and he's being taught some things by his mother that will make him a good king. So as we begin, I want you to see, first of all, the power of a godly woman or a virtuous woman's influence. And again, I mentioned to you that I, I'm, I'm really, um, this is kind of a new concept for me, um, seeing this taught throughout the book of Proverbs. We talked about it last week, as a matter of fact, how God constantly is showing us the power of a woman's influence in the home. And we saw last week, that totally blows apart any concept that the world today gives of the woman who takes her rightful place in the relationship with a man, allowing the man to be the leader of the home and the woman to be submissive, as the Bible talks about in the book of Ephesians, to her husband, also in the book of First and Second Peter. As the woman takes her rightful place in the relationship, the world says that somehow if you do that, then you're a slave and you are of no importance. From what I'm learning... The woman actually has a whole lot more influence within the home than the man does. And everything that seems to show up in Proverbs just emphasizes that. Well, we see it again right here. The Bible says that his mother is teaching him this. So, ladies, you know, this is kind of a sidelight. But one of the things that you will find as God teaches what a woman of noble character really is, part of the reason we need to be that is that down the road, as a mother... It becomes your responsibility to help teach these principles to your children. Now, the Bible says that fathers bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, but mothers also are challenged 
to instruct their children. Who was it, by the way, that taught Timothy to fear God and to serve God? Do you remember? It was his mother and his grandmother. Paul told Timothy, I know the faith that's in you, which first was in your grandmother and was in your mother and now is in you. He didn't say anything about his dad. And, and that's a whole other story as to why that is and, and who his dad was. But it was his grandmother and his mother that instilled his faith in him. So, ladies, your influence and your responsibility within the home is huge. And a home cannot be the kind of home it ought to be without this kind of woman in it. So, as we keep going, look at verse number 2. Here's what this mother is telling King Lemuel, who I believe is Solomon. And by the way, interesting, just a little, another little sidelight. If this is Solomon, who was, his, who was his mother? David, Bathsheba, adultery, had a baby, baby died. Then she gave birth to another son. Who was that son? It was Solomon. Bathsheba is the mother of Solomon. This woman who had an adulterous relationship with King David, and David was punished, was ultimately the mother of Solomon. Well, if this is King Solomon, it is Bathsheba who is teaching him these things. Interesting. God uses all of us, and no matter what mistakes we have made in our past, when God forgives us and we follow the Lord, we still can live by God's principles and be this kind of a woman. So, she says, Oh, my son, son of my womb, son of my vows. It's interesting, but that phrase literally means, I have begged God to give you to me. And I have vowed if he did, I would train and teach you to follow and serve him. So, that would all make sense. Remember, Bathsheba lost a child and probably begged God to give her another one. Well, he did. And if so, she wants to make sure he's the right kind of son. She goes on to say in verse 3, Do not spend your strength on women. Your vigor on those who ruin kings. If you look at your notes, point number one is the power of a godly woman's influence. We've already looked at the, it's the instruction of a mother. This is a mother who is teaching him. But what she's teaching him here primarily are two things that can cloud his judgment as a king. He has the responsibility of leadership over other people. And his mother is warning him. There are two things, King Lemuel, Solomon, that I need to warn you about. Because if you're not careful, these two things can severely cloud your judgment. What are they? Interesting enough, in verse 3, it's women, which in the end of Solomon's life, he must not have listened because they did cloud his judgment. And then number 2 in verse 4, it is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what the law decrees, and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Give beer to those who are perishing, wine to those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty, and remember their misery no more. What is she talking about here? 
Is she talking about the fact that if you ever drink a drop of alcohol, that you are an ungodly, wicked, horrible person, and that you should never do that? Well, that's not the issue at all. The issue here is something that clouds our judgment if it is not handled properly. For if you say that, women is included in the same scenario as the alcohol. So, fellas, that means you need to stay as far away from women as you can, too. Total abstinence. So, all of y'all are in trouble because you have already blown that. That's not what he's saying. However, what she is teaching her son is that if you are not careful, these two things can cloud your judgment and cause you to go down a path in your life that you will regret one day. And by the way, if this is Bathsheba, who would know better than her? She made a mistake. It cost her first husband his life. So she knows what she's talking about. And she's warning her son, please make sure that you handle these things properly or they will destroy your life. Now, notice what she says. Here's your responsibility in verses 8 and 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge. Fairly defend the rights of the poor and the needy. That's your responsibility, Solomon, as a king. And if you allow women or you allow alcohol among the things that can hurt you, to cloud your judgment, you will not be able to do these things properly as a king. Then... She, she explained a little bit of what the alcohol can do. She mentioned the women, went to the alcohol, dealt with it a little, now she's back to the women again. And I think it's so ironic that she spends this whole chapter explaining to her son what the right kind of woman is, yet he ends up with 700 wives and 300 concubines, most of which came from the wrong place and we're the wrong kind of women so just because we are told what is right it is our responsibility to put it into practice in our life and solomon obviously in some of these areas didn't and he suffered for it at the end so she focuses now on solomon this is the kind of woman you need to look for so two things here as we begin to go through her character Number one, fellas, for us, this is the kind of woman God wants us to have. However, just like anything in the Christian life, when you find your wife, the moment you meet her and the day that you marry her, she is not necessarily going to meet every one of these characteristics perfectly. Because life is all about growth and maturity. These are the things that are built within her heart and in her character. That as she grows and as she matures, these things become more and more evident in the way she lives her life. And then, ladies, for you, this is the kind of woman God intends for you to be. Every woman can be this way, or he would not have said this is what you ought to be like. So every woman can be this way. And every woman in her own way will exemplify these characteristics. So what is important here is not how they are manifested on the outside. 
What is important is how they are being developed on the inside. And that's what we're going to look at, okay? So we're going to look at three things. Number one, the value of her character. Why is it valuable? Fellas, why is it valuable if we find or get a woman like this to be our wife? Then the second thing we're going to do is look at the qualities of her life. And then number three, we'll close out with the reward for her work. When you live this way, ladies, this is the reward that you end up with, okay? So first of all, the value of her character. Look at verse number 10. A wife of noble character, who can find? Notice what God's saying here. This is not a common occurrence. I mean, these kind of women are not a dime a dozen. As a matter of fact, relative to humanity, these kind of women are rare. But don't forget now, the Bible says that the road that leads to destruction, to hell, is broad. And in relative to all humanity, there are a lot of people on that road. The majority of people are on that road. The road that leads to life is narrow, and few there be that find it relative to all humanity. So please understand that as believers and Christians who live and follow the Bible, we are not in the majority, and we never will be. God says that. That's relative, because to us, especially if we're around these kind of people all the time, we almost start to think, well, what do you mean that these type of ladies are rare? I know all kinds of them, but that's because that's the kind of people that we encompass in our life. But relative to society, these kind of women are rare. And all you got to do is work in the secular world any length of time, and you'll realize they're not very common, okay? Neither are these kind of guys, by the way, either, all right? So, first of all, there's the value. Um, who can find this kind of woman? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. Guys, when you get a wife like this, you have complete confidence in her. You lack nothing of value. The next verse says she brings him good, not harm, all the days of his life. You don't have to worry about being undermined. You don't have to worry about being cheated on. You don't have to worry about someone who lives by a totally separate philosophy than you do if your philosophy is to live for God and walk with God. You completely trust your wife. And ladies, the Bible says you do him good and bring him value. You're going to see again in just a minute. Matter of fact, let's, let's flip down here and look at this. I want you to look down at, um, oh, let's see here. Go over to the latter part of the chapter, verse number 23. The Bible says, Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Why do you think God, in the middle of describing a, a woman of noble character, throws in the position and the place of prominence of her husband? Why do you think he did that? Do you think right in the middle of all this, maybe he started feeling sorry for the guy and said, well, you know, I ought to let you know that the guy's valuable too. No. Exactly. That's it. He is in this position because of his wife. How many of you have ever heard the statement, behind every good man is a great woman? Well, that is absolutely true, and Proverbs 31 teaches this. By the way, the opposite is also true. Ladies, your power and influence in the life of your man 
is untold. And you will probably never fully realize how powerful your influence is. But that's a good thing. That's how God intended it. Okay? So let's keep going. So you see that her character is very valuable. Um, by the way, in Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 4, the Bible says the same thing. A wife of noble character is of great value. So, number three, let's look at the qualities. Now, I've, I've listed for you five basic qualities. I'm going to mention them to you. We'll go through them briefly. And then in your personal application this week in your Bible study, you can read through these other verses and kind of get an idea of what's going on. So here are the five basic qualities of a woman of noble character. Number one, strength and dignity. Look at verse number 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Now, what does that mean? Well, the word strength here is the Hebrew word that literally means she draws her strength from God. Meaning, a woman of noble character is one who completely trusts God for her sustenance, her life, her direction, to help her handle her problems. She is a woman who completely trusts God, and that's where her strength comes from. Not what she looks like, what her career is like, what her husband can provide for her. Her strength, inner and outer, comes from a relationship with the Lord. The second thing is the word dignity. Literally, this is the word that means character like God. So she is a woman who is God-like in her life. So first of all, a woman of noble character is one of strength and dignity. She completely trusts God, and she is God-like in her character. Number two. She has wisdom in her life and her speech. Look at verse 26. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. That term, faithful instruction, is the word that means kindness, loving, mercy, grace, concern. It's the way God instructs us and speaks to us. In other words, this is a woman who first of all is wise in her life. And somebody says, well, what is a wise woman? A wise person is someone who lives their life by the principles of the book of Proverbs, basically. The book of Proverbs teaches us wisdom. And we don't have time to go through all the different areas of life that, that the Bible talks about. However, this is a woman who is very wise based upon what the Scripture says is wise. Number two, it's a woman who is very kind in her instruction. She is not sarcastic. She is not demeaning. She is not downgrading. She is very kind. She deals in wisdom with people the way God deals with us. God deals with us in loving kindness. Okay? That's literally what the word dignity there means. She doesn't lose it all the time. Now, do we lose it sometimes? Sure we do. We all do. That's why I said, please understand, these are our goals. This is what we shoot for, and in our heart, this is what we want. This doesn't mean that a virtuous woman is one who never makes mistakes. So please don't ever get that idea, okay? And, and I have to make sure we always understand that, lest you get discouraged and think, I can't do this, okay? So, first of all, strength and dignity. Second of all, wisdom in her life and speech. Number three, look at verse 27. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. First of all, she protects her home. She protects her home. Look at verse number 11. 
Her husband's in full confidence in her. He lacks nothing of value. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. She takes care of her husband, for one. And then in verse 28, the Bible says, Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Why do you think they do that? Because she takes care of the home. Now, what does that mean? Well, if you look at your notes, the two words here, I want you to understand what they mean. One of the words is watches. The Bible says she watches over the affairs of her household. What does that mean? Well, the Hebrew term here literally means to keep guard or to watch over. She's protective over her home. Now, ladies, let me tell you this. And, fellas, we have just as much a part in this as the ladies do. I do not believe that the Bible teaches that a woman, a mother, and a wife in the home, that it's wrong if you have a career working outside of the home. I I don't believe the Bible says that's wrong if you do that. However, I do believe the Bible clearly teaches that if that career outside of the home takes priority over your responsibilities as a wife and mother in the home, then you are in great great danger of disobeying what God put you here to do. And there are a lot of very, very strong women, and you're going to see in just a minute when we look at some of these, the very next characteristic of a woman of noble character, this is a woman who just didn't take care of her home, but she also worked outside the home. But you're also going to notice, to be that kind of woman, you can't be lazy. You just can't. Interesting how God talks about the woman being strong like this. doesn't really talk a whole lot about us, the guys. And that's why I said earlier in our series, I think many times the woman, the one of godly character, has to be a lot stronger in many cases even than the man does because of what her responsibilities are. So this, this term means she guards and watches over her home. The next term is the affairs of her home. Literally, it's the activity and the lifestyle or the direction her home is going in. Now, whose job is it, biblically, husband, wife, children, whose main responsibility is it to provide spiritual leadership and direction to the home? Is it the man or the woman? The man. Absolutely. I will answer to God when I get to heaven for the direction of my home. My wife won't. I answer for that. However, notice the woman of godly character. She knows what that direction is, and she watches over to make sure that the home is headed in that direction. Even though she's not responsible for it before God, she still makes sure. She is the watchdog over the home, making sure that the family is headed in the right direction. Interesting. If it's the man's responsibility, then why is the woman the one being the watchdog? I personally think both of them are. That is exactly why, at the beginning of the chapter, the Bible says her husband has complete confidence in her. Because they're headed in the same direction. And she is just as concerned about the direction of their home and their children and their life as he is. They're together. Alright? So, first of all, she has strength and dignity. Number two, wisdom in her speech. Number three, she protects her home. Number four, it's pretty obvious. She works hard and she is not lazy. Now, I want you to look with me chapter 31, verse 27. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Basically means she's not lazy. Now, we don't have time to read it, but what I want you to do this week 
is I want you to go back and I want you to read verses 13 down through verse 25. And I want you to see how hard this woman works inside and outside of the home. She deals with merchants. She sells her product. She works outside of the home. But she also works just as hard in the home. She does both. Now, that doesn't mean, ladies, that if you are a stay-at-home mom, and if you are, I think that personally is the best scenario. Personally, I think that's the best scenario, especially if you have several children. However, it doesn't mean you're wrong if you don't stay at home. The issue is, am I working just as hard in my home and outside my home so that the responsibilities I've been given on both sides that as a Christian, I'm doing what God expects me to do in both places. And ladies, you know better than anybody else, if you work in the home and outside the home, you can't be lazy. Because if you are, one or both of them is severely going to suffer. I mean, it takes a lot of work. And gentlemen, if you got a wife, and as far as I know, most all of you do, that can do that, you better hit your knees Every day, and thank God, he's given you a woman of noble character who can do that. Remember, this kind of a woman is rare. There's not many of them. There are a lot of women that have, for example, great careers. Their home are in shambles. Their children are a mess. Their home's a mess. So this kind of a woman is rare, and if you got one... We ought to thank God every day we do. Okay? Now, let's look at the next one. The last one. Look at verse 30. And ladies, I think this is the key to everything. The Bible says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. What does that mean? You can have a great personality and you can be a beauty queen. Neither one of those are what's important in life. And gentlemen... Nothing wrong with looking for that and considering that, but that better not be the main reason why you chose who you chose. Because the Bible says charm is deceptive. That personality can fool you. Beauty is fleeting. One day it ain't going to be there. What's important? But a woman who fears the Lord is the one you praise. That's the one you hit your knees every day and thank God you got a woman who fears God. And that, ladies, is why all these other things become true about your life. Because you fear God. That's why this is a woman who draws her strength from God and is God-like in her life. Okay. Now, suppose, ladies, that you live this way. And this is the kind of woman you are. What is your reward? Let's look at that real quick and we'll be done. Verse 28. The Bible says, Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. You have praise and peace at home. And let me tell you, there's nothing more valuable than peace in your home. That's important. Number two, you have honor from God. In verse number 30, she fears the Lord and she is to be praised. And that praise primarily comes from God. And then number three, and this is really important, she also gains respect in the community because of her testimony. I want you to look at this. Look at verse 31. Give her the reward she has earned, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Anytime you hear in the Old Testament especially 
the term the city gate. The Bible is referring to the community. You know, the Bible uses the same term when it talks about Lot in Sodom. He sat in the gate of the city with the leaders of the land. He had a place of prominence in the community. That's what this term means. And literally what the Bible is saying here, that a woman of noble character has a godly testimony within the community. She has the kind of testimony that people respect. That's also why her husband was where he was in the community, because of her testimony. In the book of Ruth, chapter 3 and verse number 11, the Bible calls Ruth a woman of noble character. And she was respected among the community. That's how Boaz knew. Boaz didn't know her. He said, who are you? She said, my name is Ruth, daughter-in-law to Naomi. And she described, he said, I've heard of you, and I know you are a woman of noble character. Same word used in Proverbs 31 that describes the virtuous woman. Same word. He said, I've heard of you. And your testimony precedes you. I know you are this kind of a woman. So ladies, whenever your life exemplifies this, these six characteristics, and as you develop these characteristics in your life, God will honor you in your home, in your own personal life, and in the community. And gentlemen, if you got a woman like this, you better thank God every day you got her. And you better treat her as such, because you have something very rare and very valuable. The Bible says she is worth more than rubies, which in this day and time was a very rare gem. Okay? Any questions? I wish we had more time to go through some of this stuff, but these classes just go so fast. We just don't have time to do what we need to. But ladies, I, I will tell you that um, this is one of the best chapters in all the Bible to encourage you that when you're doing right and you're trying to live for God, that you are doing what God intended for you to do and you will be blessed because of it. Even if sometimes us husbands don't treat you the way we're supposed to be. And unfortunately, sometimes we don't. But you just keep doing right and your influence hopefully will make us better. Okay? Father, thank you for your word that you teach us clearly the truth. Thank you for women and ladies in our lives who exemplify this character. And we are better people because of them. Lord, bless our ladies and give them strength and help them as they fulfill their responsibility, which is great. And it's not easy. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. See you, everybody. Have a good week.